It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. The Bengals strung four good quarters of football together. They just weren't in the same game, unfortunately, for everyone watching the second half this time. But the Bengals win their seventh straight. Let's get into it. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So if you're new, and some of you are still new, as the Bengals have won seven straight games and are now 11-4 and on their way to the AFC playoffs, well, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, and join the growing First Listen Club, and... Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating. I hope you're having a fantastic day as the Bengals have squeaked out a win, James. And that's where we're starting. We're going to have to talk about Lyle Collins injury as well. But boy, last week we talked about tale of two halves and this week it was very similar, just not in the direction you want it to be. It was a flawless, near flawless, I should say, first half. There was that interception uh, that Tyler Boyd stops on his route. Joe Burrow throws it to a diving Devin McCourty instead of a continuing his route, Tyler Boyd. Mixed fault there. A lot of that goes to Tyler Boyd, but near flawless first half. A shout out 22-0. Evan McPherson has his issues. We'll talk about Evan McPherson, I suppose, as well. But boy, everything that could go wrong went wrong until the very end of this game in the second half, and they manage a win on the strength of Von Bell forcing a fumble that could have very easily been called for progress, but was not. Not the way they wanted to finish that game. And the defense was excited. You know, you can see BJ Hill and and, uh, Mike Hilton going off the field, and they're, they're excited. But Joe Burrow, I think clearly not pleased with the way that they finished that game. And 
not pleased with the way the offense went in the second half. And so a lot to talk about here, right, James? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot. And honestly, I think it's a first. It's a first for this Bengals team because, yeah, it was the land of six rings that they were in, but they went there and they kicked the Patriots' tail for a bit. And Mm -hmm. the Patriots rallied found ways to scratch and claw their way back in the game, force mistakes. And that's what this defense has done all season long, by the way. So it's not like this defense for the New England, it was an outlier performance. But the Bengals have very rarely, during this year and a half run, now really two-year run, we're at the end of 2022, so we can say that, two-year run, have they been on the road, clear favorites where not just Cincinnati, but the entire world, Pats fans included, expect them to win and Mm -hmm. that's where they were and then all the momentum goes against them everything is is that was going their way stops going their way they have dropped passes they have uh turnovers interceptions fumbles pick sixes uh mac jones somehow finds a way to almost complete a ball to bengal's legend scotty washington that just happens to get his hand and right into jacoby myers's hands yeah that's right legend clearly yeah right and it's just like Holy smokes, like what is going on? And it's really, really hard to stop the bleeding when the snowball effect happens like that. And you can feel it. And everything gets tight. And they found a way to do that. And I think that's good for them. Because really good teams are going to have to deal with that at times. And it wasn't always perfect. It was a bunch of ugly crap in the second half, and we can go over drive-by-drive drive and all of that stuff. And I'm not going to be completely positive throughout the show, but my overarching takeaway from today is that the Bengals are better now than they were walking into Gillette Stadium this morning because they they did something I don't think they've really had to do during this run and felt pressure that I don't think that, and I get it, they felt pressure during the Super Bowl run and playoffs. This is different. It's different when the whole world expects you to do it. And then it's like, oh, they're not going to do it. And the Patriots are are literally, what, quick, what, 15 feet from victory? 15 mm-hmm. feet. And Von Bell, man, g- g- give that man some, uh, some boxing gloves, punching the ball out at the right time, and, and they find a way to get a win. So that, that's my... My big takeaway. But yeah, it was a lot of ugly in the, the second half, a lot of awesome in the first half. And uh the, the other thing, that Joe Burrow guy, he he's pretty good. He's uh he's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think we can talk about Joe Burrow's game because at least some people in my mentions thought that he had a bad game or made some bad decisions. Whew. Whew. Um bad game. That dude slang it all over, all over Belichick. He was he was flexing on Bill. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing about Joe Burrow's game is he threw like three touchdowns that weren't caught. I think it was three. So one's Jamar Chase. You could argue that his hand is held. He tries to catch it with one hand. He's made that catch with one hand before. Doesn't quite come down with it. Another one is Trent Irwin goes off his hands. Looks like he slows down on the ball trying to track it in the air as soon as he finds it. And that clinches the game that. by the that, that would have clinched the game, by the way. Keith. Oh, yeah. No drama if Trent Irwin can manage to catch that pass. Some people have called that an overthrow. I, I don't believe no. that it was, it was an a, overthrow. It was a dime. Keep going. I thought it was a great pass. And then there's a T. Higgins ball where again you can make an argument that T. Higgins is is held. He's going after it with one hand. Again, it's a catch that T. Higgins has made before and doesn't quite happen. 
Outside of that, he still throws for three touchdowns in the, in the first half. Two of those to Trent Norwin, which is crazy in a game where all three of the starters are active. And I know Tyler Boyd uh, jammed his finger again. No further injury, but it hurt, obviously. And so they had an opportunity, it looked like, to get the starters out of the game a little bit. And so they started to ease him out of the snap count and got Trent Norwin some extra playing time. But man... The start of this game, they go five plays, 78 yards, and T. Higgins looks like a man among boys, literally eight, seven inches taller than the Patriots' corners who have no chance in hell at getting around to T. Higgins' box out on 50-50 balls. And they get away from that a little bit, but they go right back down and score another touchdown on a Trent Irwin 23-yard pass and you know get, get past the second and 12 in the process there after the delay of game. Uh, delay of game penalty on that drive. They kick a field goal on the very next drive that has a touchdown erased by Devin Asiasi holding penalty. They try to get Devin Asiasi the revenge game going. Didn't quite happen. Then there's a weird <laughs> interception to Tyler Boyd, uh, intended for Tyler Boyd that Devin McCourty jumps in front of. I put a lot of that on Tyler Boyd, but that is a 13-play, 58-yard drive that's about to convert. Well, I guess they're in a second and 14, but they're they're still in scoring range going to get more oh, they, points at this point. They would have scored, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then a touchdown, 12 plays, 80 yards to finish out the half. And then they kind of got conservative in the second half, but the first half was clinical stuff from Joe Burrow, from T. Higgins, from the offensive scheme. The only thing that was missing was really the running game, you could say, but it didn't seem like they needed it. The passing game was the extension of the running game in the first half. The defense, for their part, holding the Patriots to a bunch of short drives, three and out, three and out, five and out. Uh, four plays with a punt. So there was a a, a play that – oh, sorry. There, there was a big play to Kendrick Bourne, the big end around, and then they punt. So pretty good first half, right? And, and yeah, Burrow I, playing well throughout. It was as good as you could play against this Patriots defense. The Patriots defense is really good. And mm-hmm. he was slicing them up, dicing them up. Didn't feel like it and, in the first half, but and no, good, which good is a testament to how well they were playing. Exactly. And well, Collins goes down, and they still they're able to move the ball up and down the field. You overcome, you know, Evan McPherson's misses, and it's just like man, you punch that last touchdown in after the interception, you respond the right way, and you're up twenty-two nothing, and it's like all right, and, and I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to be forty-four-seven. Okay, I. I I thought it would be, sure. you know, 35-14 or something like that. I thought the Bengals would score a couple of times in the second half and the Patriots would get on the board and make it look a little better than than it did. But that's the the part of it with this Patriots, this opportunistic defense. Why mm-hmm. I tried to stress, we tried to stress the turnover part of it. You got away with one to Boyd and Burrow was heated at Boyd and kind of animated on the side, animated for Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's not Tom Brady heated, but he was animated for Burrow on the sideline. So I would put that one on Boyd. And you're like, okay, you get away with that one, can't have any more. And they had more. And I think that's a, a, a good spot to end it where we can get to the second half. The the good, the bad, the ugly, the good, well, it came at the end. The bad and the ugly, well, there was a whole lot of it in the final mm-hmm. 30 minutes of this one. But the Bengals did win. So uh, I'll send it to break. On a high note, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. All you do is pick pick the, the players and whether they're going to score more or less than the Prize Picks projections. You can pick two to five players. So Burrow, 
I hope you took the the more when it comes to Burrow Yards because he almost threw for 400 in the house that Tom and Bill built. And whether it's Burrow, whether it's a Bengals player, it could be anybody. And you can earn up to 10 times your money on any entry with prize picks. And they offer projections on any sport that you watch. NFL, of course, NBA, and all of them in between. College basketball, college football, all different types of sports. And by the way, if you're eliminated in fantasy, which by the time you hear this, I'm probably going to be eliminated. It's just another reason to get in on the prize picks train. I'm talking about your season log fantasy leagues. So get in on daily fantasy the way it should be with prize picks by using the prize picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get a bonus $100 by using promo code locked on. Don't delay. Sign up now at prizepicks.com or the PrizePix app with promo code locked on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Before we get into the second half in earnest, James, and there's a lot to unpack in the second half. We've kind of <laughs> talked about some of those notes. Let's cover a couple things here. And I, I think the second half is really important to talk about, but well, Collins injury, I want to get to, and Evan McPherson kicking, I want to touch on that really quickly so it doesn't get entirely buried. Um Well, Collins leaves with a knee injury on replay. It looks like, oh, yeah, clear ACL or or could be a clear ACL anyway. Scary stuff for the Bengals starting right tackle. Yep. Uh, Ends up walking off, hobbling off maybe more accurately, eventually gets carted back to the locker room, talks to some reporters. Some reports come out during the game, first off, Kelsey Conway and Ian Rappaport, that it's not an ACL. Rappaport reporting that the knee comes out of the socket, goes back into the socket. Happened to Jonah Williams, really painful stuff. Uh, Some fear that there was more going on for for Lael, obviously, with the mechanism of the injury there. He did speak to reporters after the game and Mm -hmm. told Kelsey Conway that if he does miss a game, it would be just one game. That's what Collins said. There is a long week here. They get a couple extra days going from a Saturday Saturday game to a Monday game. So if Elsie was ever going to get back, this would be where he might be able to do it with a couple of extra days. But it sounds like he's confident in avoiding disaster. I think he told Trags in a locker room video that I watched that wasn't the typical getting rolled up on. And, uh, you know, obviously he was in a great deal of pain down there. Patriots signaling to the sideline immediately. And he, he was not happy on the field. But after the game, he looked pretty happy. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that's good news. It sounds like they've avoided the worst for sure. And uh, I'll just say this. They, they would miss Lel Collins if he were out. He hasn't been perfect this year. Uh, but this stat from PFF, Hakeem Energy came in obviously in relief. He was only charged with one pressure, which you would think would be really good. But PFF charted Adenergy, and I quote, with eight pass blocking losses that didn't result in pressure, largely d- due to quick releases from Joe Burrow, who averaged 2.28 seconds on a time to throw in this game. So uh, hopefully Lyle recovers quickly. 
Yeah, that's the thing is with Lyle Collins, I get people are complaining, but of course he's their best option. And so you hope to have him out there. Big takeaway here is, is it feels like he'd be back for the postseason, whenever that is. And if he's back sooner, great, right? You'd love to have him for Buffalo. You'd love for it to mm-hmm. be a dislocated uh, kneecap like Jonah, where you, you just you put that oh. thing on ice, you you you, you, you let him go. I, I know it sounds weird to me saying Yeah, just, I said but, it too. But man, I, just hearing dislocated kneecap out loud just sends a shiver up my spine. Well, because it yeah, because it shifts and it's weird. But it, if it does, if it hasn't hurt any of those ligaments in there or anything, and you could just yeah, get him that rest, try to keep the swelling down, and uh, you know enjoy and embrace this long week, you, you have a shot. Now, I, it is worth noting with Lel that he's obviously dealing with, with multiple health things right now, and that's why they've given him that extra rest all season long, and he's mm-hmm. played through it. I also know this. People think, I think because he doesn't practice all the time that he isn't a dog. I think what he's playing through, he's a dog. Yeah. So if he can go, I think he's going to go. And so it'll be interesting to see how this week plays out. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date here on Lockdown Bengals. You cannot say that these players aren't tough. Tyler Boyd playing with that finger. Uh, He's got got a brace on his middle finger. And yeah, like zero like temperatures in Foxborough. You got... LC playing through stuff all year. You got Trey Hendrickson playing through a broken wrist. You got T- Cam Taylor Britt coming back after that stinger last week. And I think he played the whole game uh, for, for yeah. better or worse, I guess. He, he had an, an up and down game himself that we'll probably talk about at some point this week. But these guys are tough. Uh, before we get to the second half, James, I also want to make sure we hit on Evan McPherson because it looked like it was a weird day kicking. Uh, both kickers really struggling in this game. I, again, am going to choose to not put too much panic or stock into one bad game from Evan McPherson, but like Zach Taylor said in his press conference, they need those five points, right? You don't lose those five points. You're 27-18 on a missed field goal and two missed extra points. You're not stressing so hard there at the end of the game. Or maybe Belichick manages it a little bit differently, but you need McPherson to be more consistent. He's had issues on PATs this year, and I know it was weird in Foxborough, and it was cold, but they'll, they'll need him to find last year's playoff form. It is important sure. that, that your kickers are reliable, and uh, hopefully McPherson finds that form again here because it wasn't great today. No, it wasn't. It sucked. Let's call it what it is. It sucked from the guy who nicknamed him Money Mac. It's bad. But, but if... He's going to have struggles in, you know, I put him in that same category, and maybe I shouldn't. Maybe he hasn't earned it, of like Chase or or Burrow or Higgins or insert whoever. And it's not in a necessary, necessarily in that order. Mm-hmm. But there's some equity that's built up. And the fact that Nick Folk in his home stadium couldn't that make an extra bad. point. Big mm-hmm. extra points, by the way. I mean, the second one was – Huge. I mean, think about how that final sequence goes. Yeah. If they only need a field goal to tie, it changes the entire mindset. Now, you still want to go win if you're the Patriots, but it still changes things a bit. So, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is. I do expect, and expectations are high for Evan McPherson, I expect him to, to learn from whatever the heck was going on wind-wise, ball-wise, cold-wise, all of those things. He's kicked in weather before, so I can't say that. Kansas City, Tennessee, divisional round, AFC championship game. 
enough, enough scent, right? So I, it can't just be the weather, but whatever it is, you need to learn from it, move on, keep it moving. So I expect him to do that. Do that. We'll see if he he can do that and bounce back because you're right. Now it's kind of like, all right, do, do we have to pay attention to extra points? Because I, I gotten used to, to not paying attention to extra points and now it feels yeah. like we have to. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough year for him on extra points. And in that 40 to 49 yard range, again, even including last year, somewhere in the 70s on converting those those kicks, those field goal attempts from 40 to 49 yards. He's great from 50 plus. Obviously, the leg strength is there for him. Has a chance to get it right. The weather warming up in Cincinnati, of course, projected to get back to 50 degrees uh, by Wednesday next week and, and remaining warm, it appears, into January. So doesn't i mean obviously anything can change with the weather and it's insane right now the the polar vortices and we need to get a meteorologist on the show all of a sudden james but uh it looks like the Look weather is going to be better if you're watching on youtube i'm in a beanie and a hoodie i mean when, yeah. when have i ever worn a beanie on this show probably never never ever i'm not i'm not a big big hat it's it's cold man it, it or, is cold out there or for our canadian listeners they call those toques up here you ever heard that term before toque a toque no, that's what they call not, those. Not, uh, not, not going to lie to you. I hadn't either. That was new to me when I came up here. Anyway, uh, we should probably get back into the second half of this game where things did go off the rails, and we'll finish up the show there. Just wanted to make sure we hit on a couple of big notes that I didn't want to get left till the very end, and we'll finish up the Good show time. with that second half. Before then, today's show brought to you by NHTSA. You're hanging out with a few friends, putting back a few drinks, and a few becomes a few too many. And as the evening goes on, people start to head out. You think about calling for a ride, but no, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's it's not a big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that would happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. But that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. And that's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride because it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Second right, half. Let's dive into the second half. Yeah, the second half. Where? Whew, let me just let me just get out another one real quick. Whew, yep. Right. I mean, that's that's what the second half was. I mean, Jeremy Rao compiled a uh, Fox nineteen compiled all those Joe Burrow sighs <laughs> and deep breaths. Yeah. And that was every single Bengals fan uh, across the world in, in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Let's start with the pick six. Because that's kind of what would change things. I, if the Bengals had just punted, just punted the entire second half, it doesn't come down to side time. And <laughs> instead it did. Uh, the pick six, obviously, him, Burrow and Chase were on different pages. Burrow, not super animated on this one, but was certainly surprised Chase didn't stop. Yeah, this is and, too and kept straight. Running the, go, the go route. Yeah. 
Right. This is two straight plays. So this is the first of two plays where the Patriots show a zero look. They got Bird sitting on a picket fence, as Mike Santagata likes to say, or sometimes miss say, where there, there's a flat contour in the secondary. And that's a pretty good indicator that there's a zero blitz coming. The the first one, they show the zero blitz. They bring the zero blitz. I think, I think everybody came. Maybe one guy dropped out, but it looked like they brought everybody, which means that everybody out there is in man. And uh, Burrow sees it before the play. He communicates something to his teammates on offense. Maybe Jamar Chase doesn't hear it. Maybe he does. Maybe he hears it and still thinks that he needs to keep going on that go route. Joe Burrow throws it up on a back shoulder. And, and Marcus Jones, who has been picked on in this game and have been picked on in this game, had, had given up, had given it up to T. Higgins in this game. Uh, just sits there and Jamar Chase runs by him and the ball comes down into his hands like a gift from above. The very next third down, and we'll get back to this pick six, the very next third down is another zero look, same pre-snap look, but the Patriots drop out of it. Again, Burrow changes the call. It sounds like he's even saying they're in zero. I couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but I heard zero. changing something, yes. And I heard zero over and over, certainly changing something. And it looks like he's got a zero beater on, but whatever he wants isn't there. He turfs it, the Bengals punt. So two straight drives where you see Joe Burrow get got by zero looks. And and what does Joe Burrow always, well, what did he famously once say? I guess he doesn't always say it, is you can't zero him. The Patriots successfully showed zero against him twice and got a pick six and a, a, a punt out of it. And Joe Burrow chasing down that pick six, not something we'd like to see, colliding with Samaj P. Run, who had to be evaluated for an injury after that play and then returned to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncharacteristic Honestly, stuff, throwing off his back foot, just throwing it up there, and and him and Chase are usually on the same page. So a lot of times that's even a catch, and, and in this case it goes pick six instead. He hit the mess out of Samaj P. Run. He obviously wasn't trying to. Yeah. He – cracked him so anyways i was like oh burrow you all right like initially in the live and then they showed the replay and i'm like oh samaje are you okay samaje is a tick two two and he was just he was diving so he was in a vulnerable spot yeah samaje's head into burrow's back not great no not not good at all good thing is is like you said both guys were okay but that's what that that's what started the snowball effect even tackling him if it's not a pick six if it's just a tackle think you're probably okay but they score they get a little momentum you're kind of out of rhythm now on offense and it was it was the start of what was a honestly it was a nightmare second half because this this offense you went through uh, the first half possessions and and the second half is bad it is just awful 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 so let's do that right so they score the touchdown then the first half Second half starts with the punt. Then you have the pick six. Another punt. Evan McPherson. The three and out punt at that. Yeah, their first three and out of the game. Avoided a lot of three and outs lately. Yeah, it was their first three and out of the game. Then Evan McPherson's uh, 43-yard missed field goal. Then you have Jamar Chase's fumble. And now, so missed field goal fumble. Now they have a chance to to go down, take the lead for the first time, and potentially win the game. And it took them so long. Their offense is so bad or the, the Bengals' defense is so stingy, whatever you want to say, that it took them almost the entire clock to do so. Mm-hmm. And, um, y- you know, we, we know what else they did. They punted. Let me ask you this. 
Would you have ran it three times like they did and played it really conservative after the fumble recovery? I would have. I would have. And I, I was thinking, like, people are going to rip Zach if this comes back to bite them. But everything has gone wrong. Like, just lean on the defense one more time. Ask them to get a stop. Make Mac Jones beat you. Take all of their timeouts and, and run this clock down as far as you can and, and give them the ball back. Would you have done that or would you, would you have thrown it? I would have definitely done that on first and 10. Max Sharping had a second penalty of the game there. Devin Asiasi and Max Sharping with a penalty for Asiasi and two on Sharping in this game as the extra lineman with Adenogy bumped up to play for Collins and then Sharping bumped up to play for Adenogy as the extra lineman in those packages. Two penalties on Sharping, so not a great day for him in a limited role. But after the penalty, I might have considered trying to get a throw in there just because I, I was okay with the decision to run. For, for the reason you talked about, because then you're giving the ball back to the Patriots with no timeouts. And if he can hit a good punt, then okay. But I, I, I didn't, I was a little shaky on Drew Chrisman. He hits a good punt, pins it to the sideline. Uh, Marcus Jones, who's the Patriots only dynamic playmaker outside of Kendrick Bourne, apparently on either side of the ball. Um, can't can't quite catch the punt and it goes out of bounds. So the Bengals are rewarded, right, for for the decision making to punt it. There's no big return, and the defense just has to hold up. Can't give up a touchdown on 80 yards of field to go with uh, what like 50 seconds left in the game. 41 seconds, seconds left in the game. Yeah. So in that case, it's okay. If they don't have that penalty, then I'm 100% okay with it because I think there's a pretty good chance you get the first down. But after it's first and 15, you're essentially conceding you're not getting the first down unless you bust one off that you're not expecting to, unless you get a big yeah. run that, that is hard to get and they didn't get it. But I thought in general they came out a little conservative in the second half. Sure. And, and it wasn't consistent. It wasn't every play. And like the first drive, for example, uh, you know, they, they get some first downs. The second drive, they come out and, and you know, they get a first down, but then they're running it on second, second and medium. And then the next drive, they run it. Or, or they they try the little dump off to Joe Mixon on second and short. All those all those deep plays kind of had gone away until they finally go back to T Higgins, Marcus Jones. And, yeah, and, and, then, and that's yeah, yeah. the field goal. Let's go back to that matchup, right? Mm-hmm. But that was all it was. Then on second down again, second and seven, you get a run for five yards. They convert the first down. Second and six, another run for two yards sets up a third down. So they're getting themselves into these third down positions and. Where they're converting them in the first half and getting all those first downs in the first half, not converting at such a high rate in the second half, compounded with the interception, obviously, and the missed field goal. And and I mean, it's the opposite of last week's game, except New England doesn't have a good offense. And even with that New England bad offense, after the pick six, they go touchdown, touchdown, fumble on the five-yard line to lose the game. Could have been touchdown yeah. to win the game instead. So yeah. the Bengals escape. But it could have been the opposite of last week, which people were saying. People were saying, oh, yeah, this looks like the opposite of last week. People were saying that, it, like, coming out of halftime, like, oh, can't, can't have what the Bengals did last week to Tampa. And I'm like, this is, these are different teams. And then, then that's exactly how it went. Yeah. It, I mean, it did. It, it, you just got to play clean. That, that's what again, I said, right? If, what did if, I say in they, the crossover? If they, had pun- if they had punted every second half possession, it would have been fine. But when you give them points and then weird things happen. And by the way, weird things are going to happen on the road against a desperate team that has a Hall of Fame head coach. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Jacoby Myers might get a lucky tip to himself. 
That was right? that, that's that's wild. Like Zach Taylor's jaw dropped for about seven minutes, and I'm sure there's memes out there about it. And I get it, but that stuff happens. And honestly, Jake, if you would have told me that Burrow would have two interceptions, including a pick six, that Chase would have a fumble, that this Bengals team would only force one turnover, so lose the turnover battle by two. Mm-hmm. I probably would have said, oh, well, the Bengals probably lost. And the reason they didn't lose, because there was a bunch of keys, but there's one key, and this is where we get to take our victory lap. There's one key that they did that allowed them to absorb all of those oh, miscues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They started strong. They got off to a hot start. We've talked about it so much here, and I know there's been people say, oh, you're beating a dead horse. Well, dead horse that, because that's the reason. Literally, that's the reason they won. And you could say, oh, well, no, it's Von Bell. or no." By the way, awesome play. But the reason they were able to play so sloppy is because they were dominant. They looked like the best team in football in the first half. Mm -hmm. And so they gave themselves some – some leeway, so to speak, and, and they're able to hang on. And that should be, I think, the ultimate takeaway is the fact that they found a way to hang on. Really good teams do that. Yeah. Bad teams find a way to lose games like this or just okay teams or just good teams, great teams. Escape somehow, some way, when you're 15 feet away from losing and snapping your win streak and kissing the number one seed goodbye, any hopes of it, and suddenly being the, the wild card and not in the lead for the AFC North, which is what would have happened if they lost today. And instead you look up and they're still right there in the mix for the one seed, right there in the mix for the division, but they have to keep winning. This is the first one that you could say is a very lucky one, in my opinion. This is the first one that really feels like they really escaped. You know, like they narrowly beat the Titans, they narrowly beat the Chiefs. Those were good games. But this was, the Patriots had the ball The Bengals are out of timeouts and the Patriots have the ball on the five yard line with under a minute left, about a minute left. I think under a minute left. Mm -hmm. They could have done what the Bengals did to the Chiefs last year, where they managed to score as time expires. And instead you get the Von Bell takeaway and Mm -hmm. you don't always get those, but this team in this moment did the resilience is something we've talked about a lot. It was there. One of the things that, you know, we, we talked about a fast start in the crossover. I also talked about that they'll need to take care of the ball. To have, how many times have the Patriots scored in a row on defense now? That's three games in a row. And the Bengals should not been should not have been one of those teams to, to give that up to the Patriots. But they did. And uh, they didn't play a clean game. So you look at the two keys that we talked about, right? We talked about a, a fast start. We talked about taking care of the ball. Luckily, the start was fast enough that them not taking care of the ball didn't quite do the men, even though it maybe should have. And so they're going to take this win and, uh, you know, all the credit in the world to Von Bell, BJ Hill, I think recovers that fumble uh, to the plays that were made in this game. Again, I think Joe Burrow played a really good game. Uh, Stat line aside, like we've talked about some of the plays that he and his receivers uh, left on the field that could have been big plays instead. And we'll see. We'll go back and watch the tape, of course. And, keep an eye on Lyle Collins injury and all these things and they get out of it and they've eclipsed last year's win total James at 11 and four, 10 and seven to finish the year last year, of course, and two more games, two more opportunities to, to lock up the AFC North, to lock up the number two seed, if not the number one seed, if they can get a little bit of help 
from somebody in the AFC West against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and, and it, that could happen, by the way. And have the Bengals? I'm just going to ask you. I'm going to test your your knowledge here. Have the Bengals ever won 13 games in a season, Jake? Not in my lifetime, certainly. They have not. They've never done it. So you, you're two away. I think they were two twelve away. and four. The the in in eighty eight. We looked this up last week. The one time they were a one seed, I think, was the eighty eight playoff run, and I think they were twelve and four that year. And they won twelve games in 05. or in in uh, fifteen. Excuse me. That's they right. they should have won twelve and 05, but they sputtered down the stretch. That's right. So, hey. Get to 12. 12 would be fun. 13 mm-hmm. now? That might get you the one. How about that for a ride? We'll see if it happens. The Bengals would need some help, of course. And the yeah. Chiefs look good, but hey. Any By the way, Sunday, right? yeah, last thing. Um, Marquise Goodwin put up a big zero for me. I was oh. thinking like Se- Seahawks handle business against the Chiefs. He goes off for three TDs and helps me to fantasy glory. That didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen at all. Um, but just quick schedule note. I didn't know if you were going to say it or not, Jake. So we will be back Monday evening. Thank you for listening to the show or watching the show. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah. Enjoy this time, whatever it is you're doing. And and we think that, Any of you, we thank you if you've made us any part of your little holiday here or big holiday, depending on how (laughs) how hard you go this time of year. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. And we appreciate you listening as the Bengals move to 11 and 4. Who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.